Is that a machete in your pocket, sir, or are you just happy to see me? I'm just saying, why wouldn't you check the back seat? I'm just not here for it. I kind of enjoyed the axe to the face. Ooh, hey there, Mr. Monster. So, chill or kill? Welcome back to another episode of The Netflix and Kill, brought to you by The Haunted Art Podcast. Did you say The Netflix and Kill? I did say kill? The Netflix and Kill, kind of like how the I would Netflix say The Walmart, kill. The Target. Yeah. Um, you know, you just add that the in front of everything. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. It's the only true way um, to tell if someone is from the South. It's true. We do love a dangling participle. I don't even know what a dangling. I don't know what is. that is. I don't think I'm that's like, what, what it is. A dangling. I know that the is an article. That sounds like a great time, though. If you ask me, love uh, a dangling. That sounds like a band that, like, uh, an English major, a sheltered English major, would make mm, in college. Probably the dangling so. participle. Yeah, probably so. Anyway, welcome back to the same place you were the last time you listened to us. Yeah, and we're in the <laughs> same place as well, recording in the same spot, delivering the same trash. Yes, the same trash. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, it's called an assist. We do that. We do that a bit. We bounce it back and forth, you know? We have to. We you have know? to help each other out. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that big yee truck in the background. He's um, always helping us out. Always there. He's always there. You know, mm-hmm. the truck is always there. I never hear this truck except for when we're recording. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he, he like has a little, oh, he bugged the place. That's true. He bugged the place, That's and he has happened. a little light that comes on that says "on air" when we're on when we're recording. Mm-hmm. Actually, I really want an on air light. I want that. A, a what light? An on air light. Like, you know oh, how back in the day, like yeah. radio stations used to have the red light that was like on air. Uh, I want that. That would I want be cool that for us. That would be cool. Except for I would just like flip it on when we were recording, but we wouldn't actually be on air because we still edit out all our mistakes. But not on this show. <laughs> no. Which is no. why you heard my tongue pop in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah. We're not no. Edit on this out. show, it is completely unedited, which yeah. isn't saying much <laughs> um, <laughs> at all, uh, honestly. Uh, but if you are new to the show, welcome. Uh, we like to sit down and we discuss all of Netflix's greatest, truly just the epitome of horror that they have to offer. We <laughs> scour through everything and we it's true. Pick we do a little best. bit of this. No, we don't. We don't. You know that. You know this. We did Deadcon. <laughs> we definitely don't do the best. Uh, we just, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little uh-huh. bit of here, a little bit of there, a little bit yeah. of everywhere. We just we just take, you know, some things that we're super interested in, some things that we're specifically not interested in that we're just trying to, you know, yeah. get a wide, a wide range of the selection. I have to Netflix. I have to confess something. What? I created a list. Oh, yeah. 
we had a discussion on an episode previously where I mentioned that I just don't believe in lists, that I believe in just like scrolling through Netflix, seeing something, and then just mentally, you know, just being like, I will come back to that. It really alarmed me. It really alarmed me because I'm a list person. I'm a Virgo. Hello. Hi. I'm better than you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I, seriously. I do fall into uh, that Virgo trope of making lots of lists. Uh-huh. And we were scrolling through one day and Kenny was like, what is this like? Everything is a list with you when we were scrolling through Netflix. And I was like, do you not have a list? And he was like, no. And I was afraid. So this week he shared with me that he's seen the light. And has created a list. Mm-hmm. And the film that we're discussing this week is actually on that list. Yeah, I had heard it uh, being discussed from no, from nowhere. I didn't hear it. From nowhere? I didn't, no. <laughs> I'm no, worried. I, no, there it might have been another podcast or somewhere. God, where did I hear it from? Um, probably like from some listicle of like, you know, Great maybe it was from a to, maybe it was from a blog. Maybe it was from the dark universe horror database. Potentially. Maybe it was from them. Potentially. Uh-huh. Um, great plug. Love that. Absolutely. Another assist. <laughs> um, I love that because Katie can usually tell when I'm going nowhere with my conversation. So she can just like bring <laughs> it in, reel it right on in, and then I don't look as bad. And then people bitch at me for talking over you I is know. how this happens. I come in to save you because you have that like wide-eyed look that you give. Yeah. And then people are like, Katie, why do you talk over Kenny all the time? And I'm like, if you were here recording with us, you would understand that this motherfucker sometimes ain't got nothing to say. That's true. (laughs) That's true. No, sometimes my my mouth speaks before my brain thinks. And sometimes it's a scramble to get out something coherent. You're just really trying to catch um, up. So I give you that. I give you that lag time. I provide <laughs> that distraction for you. This is actually just this whole podcast yeah. is a series of that one scene of Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Pretty much. It would almost be as if like if I didn't have you here, my ass would be grass. Oh, Wouldn't I love it? it. I love it. And speaking. Would it be tall grass? It would be though. tall grass. Tall grass, very tall grass, uh, children of the corn-esque type grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there we have it, folks. Uh, on my list was in the tall grass, and uh, I was I had had it on my list for a while, um, ever since starting my list uh, many weeks ago, and many weeks ago. <laughs> many weeks ago. Um, and I do believe this is the only one that I have. Uh, ticked off that list (laughs) amazing yes that's how my lists usually work as well especially my netflix list people send me so many great recommendations and i honestly do love each of them and i honestly do add things to my netflix list when you guys send me recommendations and i appreciate it please don't stop but i'm not the best at ticking the items off my list on netflix this is there's a couple other lists that i have to tick things off of first um before i can start ticking netflix but you know it's fine. Yeah. Plus, I I also have a I'm 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 on this balance kick, and so like I have like my horror stuff going on, but I'm also watching Outlander, which is just precious. And I am not. Yeah. There's a delicate balance there for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep it fresh. So in the tall grass, um, it's a relatively new film. Came out last year, 2019, in better times. I in better times. What? Mm. 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 Yeah. 
It's a supernatural horror film uh, written and directed by Vincenzo Natale. And it's actually based on a Stephen King and Joe Hill novella of the same name. And Katie actually schooled me on this. I didn't know what a novella was. I was just like, it's based on a Stephen King book. And she's like, no, it's a novella. And I'm like, okay, whatever, same thing. She's like, no. A novella. A novella. (laughs) And I'm like. All right, just shut the fuck up so we can watch uh, this film. A novella is actually like 100 pages or less, I think, is the official. I think it's 100. Um, uh-huh. Slightly, the, the, I think the formal definitions like like 100 pages or less. Don't quote mm-hmm. me on that. And then the informal is like a little longer than a short story, but not quite as long as a novel, but not able to be read in one sitting. Yeah. Which I would challenge that as a fucking nerd. Um, yeah. It uh, kind of had a pretty low-key cast, with the exception of Patrick Wilson. <laughs> Honey, we spent that whole budget on Mr. Patrick Wilson. We spent the whole budget on him. We spent so much of the budget on him that we had to just film out here in this grass. We ain't yeah. even got no special effects. We just got him. Yeah, and fair warning. When we're trying to get in, when we're like going into this... like synopsis it's probably going to get a little confusing it's because be this messy. film is like <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot it's it's a little it's a little messy it's a little choppy it involves some time some fuckery with time and that always makes things really confusing we're gonna get confused we're gonna get confused and we're gonna yell at each other so that is just true heads up so the film essentially starts with um a brother and sister and they are traveling down what appears to be some extremely long stretch of road out in the middle of nowhere. Um, very beautiful scenery. Looks great. Katie and I both recognized very corn, um, Children of the Corn-esque would not have stopped. No. So the she's pregnant, the sister, and not the brother, obviously, <laughs> but you never know. Uh, and so... She gets sick. They stop on the side of the road so she can have a fucking vomit fest, which they show, which was really like, hmm, was that necessary? We don't know. They hear this child. I love what a prude you are with the vomit scene. Kenny was so offended. He was Actually, like, I wasn't. You uh, were. You were the one that was really I didn't sick. react to it at all. Oh, that's a lie. You didn't. You looked I did away. Not. Bitch, you looked away from the screen. I was texting. You looked away <laughs> from the screen and had a concerned look on your face. I know how you are with no, bodily fluids. I'm pretty sure fluids. I was just texting. I mean, I don't really like vomit, to be fair, but you were very Karen. You were very, you were like, oh, we're just going to show it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just not something that, I don't know. It was just. It was a little gratuitous. Yeah, it was just. The Here's placement the was really like. Weird. Hmm. Yes. Wow, they really zoomed in on this. Yeah. It was like they were trying to gross you out. I don't know. It looked. Mm-hmm. It just looked like a can of vegetable soup, honestly. Probably. There were some carrots in there. Probably some was, in there. Uh, given the budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They it, said, it didn't quite you know look what? vomit level. Phil, do you've got. Oh, Phil. Too watery. You've got some chicken soup in your lunch bag. Yeah. Bring that. Yeah. We're good. I mean, that's. that's. I'm almost 100% sure that's what it was. Yeah. It was very watery. It's not the consistency of vomit. So they hear this voice, this small child calling out to them from the field, um, asking for help. And like a typical dumbass. <laughs> They follow through and go into this field of grass. It's not corn, but it's just really tall grass. Mm-hmm. And 
Who could have guessed? <laughs> what a plot twist. They went in the tall grass. They did. They went in the tall grass. Got it. Um, because there was a part of me that kept wanting that kept wanting it to be corn. Oh, we kept talking about it like it was corn. I, I wanted bit. it to be corn, yeah. but it wasn't. It was it was I think the beginning, the coloring of the film was that like children of the corn esque. And then we have a child voice too. Yeah. For a while we were talking about it like it was corn. Yeah. So they go into this field in search of this voice, um, and become separated. And they can hear each other, but they start noticing that things are not as they seem. So they're trying to find their way to each other, and then it kind of sounds like at one second they're nearby, but then the next time they yell for each other, it seems like the other person is further away. And so you can kind of start to see that, up oh, something fucked up's going on in this grass. Um, and they are lost essentially and they can't find each other um and all of a sudden we see this kid Mm -hmm. he kind of pops up um in the middle of nowhere and leads our i believe it was the the brother right yeah leads the brother cal um to this rock this kid essentially says that he has a way out Mm -hmm. and or knows a way out and to follow him or can take him to his sister. Yeah. Can take him to his sister and can get them out. But he takes them to this giant rock in the middle of this fucking grass uh, and tries to get him to touch it. Mm-hmm. He really wants him to touch the rock. <laughs> just Please a lot. just touch the rock. Uh, and... He doesn't. I think something something prevented him from his touching sister. the rock. It was his, his sister. sister. She out. yelled. Yeah. She yelled for him, and he kind of like darts away. Um. And then it just kind of devolves from there. It they. Yeah. So we finds... have we have uh, in the beginning of the film, she has this like short throwaway line of, you know, she's just not sure regarding the trip that they're on to go to like San Diego or wherever um, that she's just not sure. And we're led to believe that her significant other, who is the father of the child that she is currently pregnant with, um, has uh, left her for some reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. um It kind of, we have kind of a little bit of a time shift, it seems, and we are now in the car with the father of this child, and he is driving down the road, and he's looking for her and her brother, as though they have been missing for a long time. He pulls up to the same site um, where he sees their car parked on the side of the road. Yes. He investigates. There's a lot of dust on the car. There's, like, tarnishing on the license plate. Um, There's a burger that we're that we see in like the first scene of the film that the brother was eating is now like covered in maggots and we're led to believe that some amount of time has passed some significant amount of time um so travis who is the name of the father of the pregnant lady's baby um is uh travis goes into this same tall grass looking for them Yes. Because he hears, you know, voices calling out or whatever. So he goes in. And at this point, um, 
I think this is a good place for the spoiler warning. Yeah. Because now we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of the movie. And if you don't want it spoiled for you, then now is probably a good time to step away. Yeah, I would definitely step away. Here is the warning now, inserting that sound clip right here. Um, All right. And now that those motherfuckers are gone. Amazing. Now it's just us. Now it's just us. So you're with us here, and we're in this tall grass. Again. (laughs) We're doing great. We're (laughs) We're doing doing fine. fine. We are fine. We are okay. Not really. So Travis gets into this tall grass and he um, he's walk. There's a really cool scene where he's walking and as he's walking, the sun's in front of him and he's walking, he's walking. He like looks to the side or something. And then when he looks back up, the sun is directly behind him and it was definitely in front of him before. Mm -hmm. So which was really well filmed. And very well done. There's like some really cool camera panning work that went into that shot. It was very cool. Um, But that's when we kind of, it it was hinted at before when the brother and sister jumped up and they saw each other and then they jumped up and they were further apart. But that's when we see, okay, literally as you're walking through this thing, it's picking you up, not picking you up, but it's, it's moving you. You're being moved to different places. So it's, it's fucking with space. Yeah. What we also see is that, at this point, it is fucking with time. Yes. Because once Travis goes into the tall grass, we see um, we see the little boy that we had seen earlier talking to Cal, trying to get him to touch the rock. We see him and his family pull up, and his dog runs into the tall grass, and then the little boy goes into the tall grass after the dog, and the whole family basically goes in after the little boy, the, the mother and father. Yes. Um, so clearly... Time is like this. This tall grass has not only bending space; it is also bending time. Yes, right. Because the little boy who lured, unintentionally, but lured um, Cal and his sister into the tall grass had to have already been in there to lure them in, so that Travis would go in. Yes. But then we're seeing things sort of start to repeat and loop, mm-hmm. if you will. So um, that's kind of. Our first, like, solid, uh, I guess, evidence that something here is like that there's a time loop sort of issue. It was hinted at before, but there's that's kind of like when we see things actually starting to loop. Yeah. Um, where do we go from here? Do we want to talk about Patrick Wilson? Yeah. So when the family goes in, it's really hard, you guys, because this movie, if you've seen it, if you're one of the people who don't care about spoilers, then you're probably going to be really confused this episode and normally like live your life, do whatever you want. Um, But if you haven't actually watched the movie, it might be really hard for you to follow our discussion on this because it's it. The film fucks with time so much that like it's kind of hard to put together. Yeah, (laughs) it's really hard to give you guys a synopsis. We're not like. Hi, right now we just we just are trying. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not, trying we're not so high hard. on that grass, honey. We just we're trying. Even I'm like confusing myself when yes. I'm trying to talk about it because I'm like, wait, yeah. I'm trying to remember what yes. happens chronologically. Um, but so we have this family that goes into this grass, and there's Patrick Wilson. Uh, you know, big budget Wilson is what we'll call him. Hundred <laughs> percent, whole fucking budget. Big was budget spent Wilson on that dude. goes in. Didn't know a single other motherfucker in this film. Um, I think I've seen that little boy before, though. 
And he eventually finds his way to the rock. Yes. And touches the rock. Yes. He ends up touching the rock. Um, a little bit before that, we did see where the sister ran into Patrick Wilson. Yeah. And was also leading her, you know, what we could assume to be the rock. I think she... I think they lost each other, and she ended up not actually following him. Something happened, and she didn't end no, up following she, him. No, it was her screaming out when Cal was going to touch the rock, right? She screamed out, and the little boy said, it's too late for your sister. Yeah. But she was with Patrick Wilson, and the only thing that we know is that she was with Patrick Wilson. But, like, something fucking, like, some monster or something devoured her. Was that Patrick Wilson? Who knows? It's a dangling loose end. True. That's one of the things I was going to bring up is like, what the fuck happened to her? Because there was like this snarling sound, I feel like, unless my brain just filled that in. But like she yelled because she was being killed. Yeah. And like, the fuck? Like, anyway, whatever. So Patrick Wilson goes in here. He's this like, we're, he, we see him on the cell phone with his family when apparently I'm guessing he's supposed to be on vacation, but he's on a call with a client trying to close a sale. He seems like he's a used car salesman type trope. He's a real estate. Oh, he's real estate? He seems like schmuck. Uh, And we get that point across really quickly. Mm -hmm. But when he goes into the tall grass and eventually touches the rock, it activates some kind of darkness in him and now he is like the be all and all evil right so he is he's kind of like the secondary evil like the the rock i feel like is the main antagonist right the rock in this field and patrick wilson's character eventually sort of becomes like an extension of of that rock so i feel like he's kind of like the mini boss and then like the rock is like big boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of really interesting his character was very cool. Um and by the way, I I like Patrick Wilson. Um I there was this weird thing. You remember when everybody was like, Oh, he's so attractive? I don't really find I him never that attractive got there. with the exception like, of after he touched the rock and then yeah, he in had this that film. and he had those like he like leaned back and had like wh- like his eyes were, yeah, were white. blank and white yeah. and I was like Katie and I both were we kind of like, like damn mm-hmm. So I never found him attractive until we watched this movie and then I was like okay I can see it a little bit like I'm not yeah, I can see it in moments right. so in, but when Insidious first came out and everybody was like oh like He's, I just wasn't clicking for yeah. me, but it clicked a little bit. So I see you, I feel you in this one. Yeah. But um, basically the way that I saw it was that his character, so he basically goes insane after he touches the rock, becomes an extension of the rock. And then his sole purpose is to bring people to the rock or destroy them. Right. So unless he can bring them, if he can't bring them to the rock, then he will destroy them. Yes. Um. And it was very cool. I really liked the um, use of language with his character because he very much gave us like Southern Baptist fire and brimstone preacher vibes. Like he was very much in that sort of like he was giving that vibe. And we see there's a really quick pan shot. Kenny missed it the first time. There's a pan shot of the sign out in front because in the middle of this in front of this field, there's this old dilapidated church and all the cars are kind of like left in the parking lot of this old dilapidated church with people who we're assuming have gone into the tall grass and been lost. Um, 
So that church, there's a sign out front that actually, uh, the name of it is uh, Black Rock the Redeemer. Mm-hmm. And, or Black Rock Redemption or something like that. And so we, it's kind of, the film sort of sets up for us this metaphor of, you know, redemption. And he says something, he has a really great line that redemption's so easy. But of course we know in actuality, redemption's not easy. It's really, it's really hard to find redemption for yourself in life, yeah. right? So easy redemption is going to be false redemption, is going to be, you know, false prophet, all that type of shit. Yeah. So we've got Travis um, and this family in the field. And I think he meets with the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid shows him to uh, his the sister. What is her name? I forget her name. I don't fucking Be- know. Becky. She, Becky. Becky. Oh, got it. Literally sure. Becky. <laughs> okay, Becky. <laughs> okay, Becky. Um, and he takes her. He's like, are you sure? Like, I can take you to your sister, or, but are you sure? Or to your girl, whatever. To Becky, I can take you to her, mm-hmm. um, but like, are you sh- sure you want to see her? And he's like, "Yeah, take me to her." And he takes her, he takes him to Becky, but she's dead and has been dead for a while. For a while, for a like minute. her about a minute. She's been dead for a while, and so again, you're starting to see that there's this loop here because Travis is in here, the family's in here, and then Becky's in here, and then. It just kind of keeps looping over itself. Yeah, and the boy has this, when he first sees Travis, he has this line like, don't you remember me or something? Yeah. And, which is weird because, of course, he's never met him that we have seen. Yeah. So what's that all about? It was, I, for what I think is that that was, he was meeting an older version of that yeah. That yeah, kid. yeah, yeah, for sure. He was meeting an older version of we that learned. kid who took him to her dead body. And then, you know, I... Later on, this newer version who came in meets with him again. Um, and then there is a line that is mentioned about how the field doesn't move dead things. Right. It doesn't move anything that is dead. Um, and here's where we started making our plan, y'all. We made a plan. Um, let's try to, I would say, let's Should we pause finish the on plot that. synopsis? Let's, because, <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm not going to try to get into too much so of much. the, like, the rest of the plot, but okay. essentially we'll, we will boil it down to everybody sort of comes together. Yes. They meet each other. So the family, um, or Cal, the kid, um, there's yes, another version Cal. of Cal. There's another version of Cal and Becky that are alive. They come in. Travis meets with them. Travis has a little boy with him. And then of course we meet Patrick Wilson and, his wife. Yeah. And they're all sort of together and it happens to be at the Black Rock. Yes. And Patrick Wilson is preaching to them because that's what he's doing and he's trying to get all of them to touch the Black Rock because once you touch the Black Rock, um, the way he like lures people into the Black Rock is I'll show you the way out. And then of course he leads you to this fucking big ass Black Rock and not the way out. But they say that once you touch the Black Rock, you'll know how to get out but you won't want to leave. Right. And clearly this man has touched this rock and he's not doing well. So none of our team wants to touch this fucking rock because he's not doing well. No. And they are trying to get out of this fucking grass, right? They don't want to go crazy. So, but he is like, crazy's great. It's it's a good time. Come on. Um, and his wife, uh, his wife is sort of the last person to 
come into the circle around the Black Rock with the group. And the wife is really fucking scared of him. Apparently, they had some sort of tussle. We don't see it. It was off camera. But she is fucking terrified of him. Mm -hmm. Um, And this happened, you know, off screen. And he's like, you got to touch this rock. And she's like, no. And Travis uh, is like not having it because he's not about to watch this woman get beat. So Travis is like trying to take out Patrick Wilson. Unfortunately, the studio paid too much for him to be on this project. So Travis can't take out Patrick no, Wilson. No, he cannot. So um, basically they have a tussle. It ends up with you know Travis back with his people. And we watch as Patrick Wilson gets his hands on either side of his wife's head. I really should say his character's name, but I don't think we know it. I just say we're I feel say like Patrick I'm slandering Wilson. Patrick Wilson, but anyway, nope. he snatches his wife up, gets one hand on either side of her head, and just pushes. And y'all, he floated her head like a watermelon. He really did. It was he... like those videos of those fitness girls with the watermelon between their thighs. It was. It was very yeah, interesting. I think his name was Ross, but we're just gonna call. Was him it really? Wilson. Yeah, Red um, Ross. So <laughs> yeah, smashes her fucking head like a pumpkin. And I mean, and it wasn't it, like he, he didn't hit her head on anything. He he literally just put pressure on both mm-hmm. sides of it until he just popped it. And he makes the comment that something it's something along the lines of that we're all grass. You'll yeah. go back to grass or something like that. Um, it's okay. Flesh is just grass. Flesh is grass. Yeah, right? flesh is grass. Which, I mean, maybe, but yeah. right now it's flesh and I'm using it. So, it's, so yeah. <laughs> I need it. We need it right now, girl. <laughs> So at this point, um, our group of people are fleeing from Patrick Wilson, trying to get away from him, and it sort of becomes a chase. Yes. Um, And eventually we end up, we go through a whole chase scene, we end up back at the rock, um, and Becky is giving birth and not, she's not doing well either. Yeah, well, I mean, Cal gets picked off and uh, by... Ross, yeah. I guess. Um, Travis gets uh, uncomfortably thrown off a roof by Cal. Yeah. Um, and there's like this weird dialogue that Cal wants to fuck his sister. And I'm, it's and never it, like I'm really said, uncomfortable but with it's it. It's like very extremely hinted at. Well, here's the thing Travis called him out for wanting to fuck his sister, and then he threw Travis off of a fucking roof. So I'm feeling like that's an affirmation, if anything. Pretty much. I'm feeling like. That's so it's really weird. I was like, it's very uncomfortable. It was just a really weird element to throw in. I it was like, was, it what is was. the point of this? Um, there's also the fact that they chose to like dress Cal as though he was gay. So I didn't really read that in him. You know well, what he, I mean? I think he was supposed to be. We perceived him as like gay best friend. Was that she, his sister had made a comment about him. Like, what would you know about a woman's anatomy or something like that? But looking back, I think that was like a weird sexual tension moment, though. Yeah, I guess it could be. It was, it was weird. Just, there was a lot built in there. I'd like to watch it again and understand a little bit better. It um, was a weird point. Yeah. So anyway, um, basically Becky ends up back at the rock by herself. She's given birth. She gives birth. She's only six months pregnant, but time has been fucked with. So I guess maybe now she's not whatever. Um, <laughs> she's having this baby. And then Cal is there all of a sudden. And then... I think it was a hallucination. She hallucinated Cal over top of her. Uh-huh. And then it turned into Patrick Wilson. And Patrick Wilson is starting to feed her something. 
And she's like, what is it? And he says, it's just grass. grass. But in reality, Patrick Wilson is feeding her her what I her baby, which (laughs) was maybe it was stillborn. I don't know. We don't. Did we hear it? I thought we We heard crying. We didn't. No, I think in some of the like plot synopsis that I read after we watched it, a lot of people said that it was stillborn, that she had a miscarriage or stillborn or whatever. Like she miscarried. That was why she like gave birth. I don't know. Girl, anyway, she ate her fucking baby. (laughs) She ate her baby. She's not doing well. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. It's just, I don't mean to laugh. It's just it's, that was that was a lot. Um, when we got to that part of the film, we were just so steeped in what was happening. For me, I don't know. We'll talk about it in the discussion. For me, that part was a bit was a bit much. It lost me a little bit there. But anyway, um, the ground also opens up, and then we get this really cool shot. It's like the rock has roots, almost like a giant tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get this really cool vertical shot down of all of these like bodies writhing. Um, so it's like roots, but the roots actually turn into like bodies, and we have like arms and legs and yeah. shit. I mean, everybody, nobody's having Very a good like- time. Very, like, Circle of Hell type vibe. Yes, very like, much Dante's Inferno. Like, yeah. very cool. I mean, they're not having a good time, but it is very sensual <laughs> for us because yeah. we're not in that. We're just viewers at this point. Yeah. I mean, I've certainly had days um, at the office that have felt like it, but. So Patrick Wilson makes his way back into the fold. Um, and so does Travis, actually. And there's a scuffle. Uh, Patrick wounds Travis. I think he, Patrick, like, he reaches into the earth and pulls out, like, a fucking bone blade. He does. He does. And ends up stabbing Travis with it. Um, But then Becky comes up out of nowhere, surprises Patrick, um, and then she falls down and dies. Like, that was her last, you know, bit of energy um, that she could give, which props to you, Becky. I understand. I'm trying to protect your man. We get it. Um, and, uh, uh, Travis was able to, you know, overpower Patrick. And at that point, Patrick was no more. Yeah. And then, uh, Travis recognizes that Becky's dead. It's a hopeless situation. Uh, he sees the kid who is now an orphan and has witnessed all of this horrible trauma. And he's like, I'm gonna save this kid. So he goes, he touches the rock. And of course, we know that if you touch the rock, you'll then know the way out, but you won't be able to leave or you won't want to leave or what have you. Um, So then Travis guides the kid out of the tall grass with that knowledge. Um, The kid uh, pops up in the church and then walks out of the church and is able to intercede. Um, Becky and Cal going into the tall grass to answer his calls right so they are hearing the voice of him technically in another timeline calling out for help from the tall grass and they're about to go in and of course he shows up travis very helpfully had given him uh becky's necklace um so he pulls that out shows it to becky says don't go in there and it's a weird enough situation that becky takes this very dirty very very much horror movie looking child um and 
they put him in the car and they just fuck off. Yeah, they and they don't off. worry about the kid. And <laughs> they don't even call nine one one. They don't call. Well, no gonna, they said body. they were going to take him to a police station. But they the but they city. aren't worried about the kid in the grass. You know what I'm saying? Like he's oh, just yeah, like yeah, don't yeah. go after him. And she's like, I mean, all right. I mean, I <laughs> wouldn't fuck? either, girl. Bye. I mean, I'm gonna call somebody to look into it though. But anyway, um, our last shot is of our hero Travis, who has taken this rocks spirit into him Mm -hmm. um as he's laying down in the grass and the camera pans up and you kind of it's kind of left like is he dying from his wounds oh i think he he died reborn yeah um i'm pretty sure he died and you kind of see the grass just sort of cover him up and then that is the end of the story and i realize that this is like (laughs) such a shitty ass synopsis but like there's literally no way like you have to watch this film clearly the best one Um, ever done it's it you just have to watch the film it's it's crazy first and foremost i just want to say katie and i would not have been in this situation we would have and if we did my plan we made a plan we made a plan 15 minutes in we did um was that when the child mentioned about the field not being able to move dead things? Um, because at one point we do see the dog that went into the um, went into the grass and had been slaughtered by what I can only assume to be Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. He died. Somehow. The dog is dead. Um, my plan was to pick the dead dog's body up tie each other together so we don't lose each other and then just walk forward with the dead you know dog in a straight Um, line in a straight line and you know i was hoping that we would try that but we didn't so my theory hasn't been disproven but um but it also hasn't been proven um so i thought that this film was really cool I thought that it was uh, stylized really well. Like, yeah. even the opening scene was just vast fields of just mm-hmm. green. Um, and, again, like Katie said, we spent all of our money on right. Patrick Wilson that we really didn't, you know, I guess they thought that they had it because we knew that we were filming it in a tall, in a grass area, in a, in, you know, in the middle of fucking nowhere. What? So it's not like we had a huge location budget. Yeah, I think they made choices, and I think they made smart choices. So um, they decided clearly uh, early on that they were going to put most of the production's money into an actor who they knew would be really, really good, who is a name in horror, who you know can, who has the chops to kind of carry that role, right? Yeah. And they they very. Uh, I don't know how quickly I'm not on the fucking production, but they clearly by the end of it had decided, you know, this is the guy who, you know, we're going to kind of let him carry this role. This role is really important and we're going to kind of direct resources towards that. As far as the rest that put kind of, I would imagine that that put kind of a, um, that presented them with an obstacle, right? That because most of the budget is directed in that direction, um, we have to, find other ways to you know we're not gonna have a big huge um special effects budget we're gonna try to you know film things with interesting angles and we're gonna try to use the script a lot to kind of 
create the atmosphere of horror, right? Where it, there's not a lot of like jump scare type type situations. Mm-hmm. There's not that that's not like really that much of a factor. And I liked that because I think the productions that are most successful are the ones that kind of impose those limits on themselves, those limitations. And with those limitations and those challenges, they kind of, they, unbridled creativity is not necessarily a good thing when we're, when we're creating art, when we're creating films, when we're creating stories. And I think by giving yourself some limitations, some obstacles to work around, you challenge yourself to create a better product. And that's what I think I saw with this film is because they knew that role was very important and the film would not have come off if the actor playing that role could not really like come through like that. And they knew that their audience would recognize him and he would kind of carry with him all of this, you know, legitimacy. Right. Mm -hmm. So with that, then they had to kind of make different choices elsewhere of how am I going to make it interesting for an audience to sit and watch this field of grass for an hour and 30 minutes or an hour and 40. I think it's an hour and 45. It's like Something a surprisingly like long runtime for this yeah. movie. Um, but none of it felt long. There was never any point where I was like, God, this is like really stretching on. It was kind of interesting for me the entire time. Except- Almost as if time was being bent. Almost. Almost. Um. One of the things that I found interesting was The Rock itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean Dwayne, <laughs> The Rock Johnson. Hilarious. But I kept thinking so of that when they mentioned The Rock. So many internet parodies. If this film um, was bigger, it would have so many parodies of like parting that grass and Dwayne The Rock Johnson's just standing there like, touch me. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to... Um, there, There's a whole... Um, obviously, there's a whole community... Um, based around this rock because we see the church we see that the church is named after this rock Mm -hmm. um and i do believe that in the novella um that it is uh said that the townspeople are aware of the rock and they sort of worship the rock they sacrifice to the rock Mm -hmm. i guess by sending people out into Mm -hmm. it so i'm absolutely 100% gonna read the novella and they also um loot you know the cars and stuff like that of things that are left you know people that leave their cars left behind mm-hmm. and stuff like that the ending is actually completely different okay don't tell movie. me i'm not going to tell you it. please read it but the ending is hella more fucked really yes and Ooh. it is completely different <gasps> i can't wait the ending mm. is completely different maybe i'll read it for patreon um yeah and it's hella more fucked cool right. um into it so we know that there's a community based around this rock. We know that this rock has a huge lore behind it um, because it kind of is speaking through Patrick Wilson, who has this knowledge of the history of the area. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, at, at some point throughout the film, I'm like, how does this like, m- like fucking white middle class, right. like real estate developer from Who's fucking from here? nowhere, probably Florida or somewhere. It looked like Florida. Um, it was tan like Florida. Like, how does he have this knowledge of this history? And he mentions that the rock is sort of at the center of everything. Uh, the center of the continental United States. Um, and then the center of the center. So it it's kind of, it kind of makes you believe that the rock is like the center of the universe type deal. Uh-huh. Um, and there are 
people, you get flashes, like hallucinations of grass people that... Who looked cool as fuck, by the way. Looked really cool. And you're kind of... You don't really know if these are um, just hallucinations by the rock uh, or or from the rock or, or if these are actually souls of people who were trapped or if these were perhaps the rock's original like followers mm-hmm. or worshipers or whatever mm-hmm. you know you, you you don't really know they're just sort of like this you know weird force that kind of exists outside of the bounds of the actual story itself um and you never really get any insight into who they are or, you know, really what they are. Um, but an interesting point that I read in an article was that The Rock was sort of like the opposite of um, the tree in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. So if you take a bite of the fruit, you were expelled from the garden. Mm-hmm. You had the knowledge you were expelled from the garden. The Rock which was the Garden of the Forked Path, which is what they said in the film. Right. You touch it, you're stuck there forever. Okay. So um, that was an interesting, um, you know, similarity that I had read, which I was like, okay, that makes sense. Cool. Okay. Um, Kind of adds that whole biblical element to it, which I related to with the... um, the Dante's Inferno-esque, like, oh, souls yeah. coming there's in from a, There's a it, lot so. of... Uh, biblical references in this film there's a lot the the metaphor is very strong um sometimes like not even insinuated yeah um it's very much patrick wilson's character is very much based off the fire and brimstone preachers of old and even the phrases like every now and then a phrase that he'll say it it is it's like um i forget I forget some because there's so many of them, and he just like tosses them out there like it's natural. He did a really great job in this film, um, and you kind of catch it after it's been said. Like you catch it like ten seconds after he's actually spit it out, and then yeah. he's going so fast that like you can't. Which of course is how those preachers work, right? They give you these like lines of logic, and it's buried in so much other talk that it get kind of the original line of logic gets like slips in under the radar and it hits maybe your subconscious, but it doesn't like, you don't really recognize what they're saying until you break it down and take it apart and actually look at it. Um, Just like the thing with redemption is so easy. Of course it's not, not real redemption, but you know, so there's a lot of, uh, which I actually liked that uh, examination. I think, I think there's somewhat, there's a lot there that is skeptical of organized religion which I think is a healthy skepticism to have, right? Yeah, and I think some another part of the story was that each one, since we're talking about redemption with this rock, I think that also sort of tosses it back to the characters in themselves and what they need redemption from. Mm-hmm. So there's also, you know, because they each have their own struggle going into this, um, going going into this whole, you know, fucking nightmare mm-hmm. right like so we've got becky who's pregnant and is on her way to you know uh i think she was going to give her baby up for adoption she was um and then you have travis who is running away from his you know i guess from the fear of either being a father or whatever 
whatever his main reason for yeah. leaving was. I, well, I think his key thing, his key trait, right, was that he left her yeah. because he was afraid of being a father. So he kind of like had a moment where he left. Of course, he came back and cared about her. Yeah. Cared enough to come find her. Um, but his sin or failure or whatever you want to call it was leaving. And so he is redeemed by staying in the tall grass so that they can yeah, be safe. I um, was at the end of the film, you're kind of left with, as with most films and stories that deal with time travel, it gets really confusing on like if the loop is closed. I personally believed or would have would like to believe that, you know, when Travis sacrificed himself and when he was able to get um, the kid out and that kid was able to stop Becky and her brother Cal from going into the field, that that helped closed that time loop because if they didn't go in then there wasn't another version of them to go in there and so that would cut the cycle right short and we never really know if travis we see him dying in the grass that right um but we don't know if he if there was another version of him that existed that would have come you know to find becky and her brother or if by touching the rock, that sort of like blipped him out of existence. Right. We, we don't really get that. And I know that that was something that you were kind of concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, couple things. So uh, on the whole, I really liked it. Um, we'll, we'll rate it here in a second. I mean, I'm sure it's not any fucking mystery to you guys. But as long as we've spent talking about it. But a um, couple things with the film that I didn't, that I don't think kind of came through as well um one is of course the storyline of and this is just like this is just a morality thing but i don't i don't like that becky's um we were talking about the character flaws and what they needed redemption from Mm -hmm. and it was almost like the movie was setting this up as though like because she had hesitations about being mother because she felt like you know, maybe the best thing for her child would be to give it up for adoption, to give it to this family in San Diego that they were on their way to see, um, that that somehow was a character flaw in her that needed redeeming, that she somehow needed to embrace her pregnancy and her motherhood to be a valuable character, which I did not like those vibes. But if you're looking at this, if The Rock's perspective is a religious one, that is heavily, you know, For frowned sure. upon in most organized religion. For sure. My concern, though, is that I kind of felt like the film was structured as though, because, of course, we get that we get that scene at the end where um, Cal is like, you know, she's like, let's just go home. And he's like, what about that family in San Diego? And she's like, I have my own family now or whatever, which is fucked up. You know, I mean... Yeah, you were I saying how like, well, I guess fuck that. the family yeah, who I'm was like, hoping for this like exactly. baby. I'm like, I guess fuck that family who like wanted to, you know, have a child to raise and they were trying to adopt your child. Not to say, like, not to make you feel bad if you've ever like gone back on a decision like that. It's a really big decision. But it just felt like the film was like pushing me very hard to like, like if you are pregnant and you offer your child for adoption to have a better life with a different family or just because you don't want to be a mother that that is like 
somehow some horrible evil or some horrible misstep, you know, and I mean, people have lots of different feelings about that and it's a really deep topic, but I just felt like for me, that was a little bit one note Yeah, and I, I don't like that. So, um, the other thing is that I do think, so there's a lot of films. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the ambiguous ending I think than you are typically you like for things to be kind of like close like you like for the story to be to have closure basically and I'm I'm very comfortable with stories that don't give me that but in this particular case I kind of think that because the whole time loop thing is so confusing we did need maybe like one epilogue shot to let us know whether Travis is going to be there or whether he's not going to be there you know what I mean yeah like does it kind of like what you were saying, does the fact that, because I kind of felt like the whole thing with the rock, because it cuts through time and space, like if you touch the rock, that's it for you and all of the use that would exist elsewhere in the universe. So I kind of think that the narrative, the way that it's set up, maybe Travis, you know, freaks out, gets overwhelmed, leaves, and then instead of coming looking for her because she never went into the tall grass, like he just never comes back. And the yeah. story is that he left her because he didn't want to be a dad and that's it. Yeah, I think it could have benefited from a shot at the end where they were driving down the road. You know, they've got the kid in the back and then right. maybe he calls her or she picks her phone rings and it's him. Or you see like Travis on her on her phone or right. something like that. Just something that would have like let us know there's another one that there's another one out there like it could have been and it didn't have to be a whole where she picks up the phone and has a conversation with him about oh i want to be a dad now you don't you didn't need all that for me i think it could have been it definitely could have benefited for like a slight little like button up at the end or you know it doesn't even necessarily have to go in a positive um in a positive angle if we're talking about you know these strong religious undertones of the movie that is a by touching the rock and thus ending all of himself, right? All of himself is centered there in the tall grass and he dies. Um, And that's the sacrifice that he's made. Like if they, when they drive off, maybe they see his truck in the parking lot and we're like, what? Or what have you? Or maybe like as they're driving off, their camera drives out of frame and we see his truck there in the church parking lot or Mm -hmm. whatever. Just something to let us know that like one way or another, you know, because I feel like leaving this open ended was kind of like, I don't really know how to regard his sacrifice. I don't know if it, was it a true sacrifice in that all versions of him are now done? Yeah. Or, is it kind of like giving everybody new hope? Like, I, I kind of didn't know yeah, how there, to feel. There was um, a lot of people, from what I had read and from what I've gathered, believe that that when you're in the field, you die but are reborn. And I just don't know that I believe that. I think that, because I was getting that a lot. A lot of people were saying, if you when you die, you, you are the grass, you come back alive. And that's why Patrick Wilson's character was running around killing everybody until they, you know, were, I guess, quote unquote, reborn. And then to but, touch but the rock. So but clearly he would keep doing shown, that. we're so clearly shown that time loop, though. Right. And I, I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that theory. Um I definitely think that it was a loop and that, mm-hmm. yes, they were essentially, you do see numerous bodies. Like you see cows 
you know, dead body multiple times. There's one shot where he's down on the ground, um, and right before uh, he Patrick Wilson's character, um, he looks over and sees numerous versions of himself that has, you know, that have died. And I think I don't think it's because they were just sprung back up from the earth. I mm-hmm. think it was because it was a continuous loop that was happening. Right. And I do think that his sacrifice stopped that loop. Um, and to me, I I'm just gonna believe that. He another version of the of him is out there somewhere because it has to be, at this point. So, um, <laughs> you just want to be positive. I just like. Meanwhile, I just I'm like convinced. A neat ending. I am convinced that by touching the rock, he ended all versions of himself, and that woman will never know what he did for her. Well, and it will just be the story of he abandoned her. But when in actuality, he made the ultimate sacrifice by selling his soul to this rock but i don't subscribe to that either because um earlier in the film we do see sad well but earlier in the film we do see that the child one of the little boy one of the versions of um what was his name it was um i don't know uh, but he was great tobin it was tobin um, a version of Tobin leads them, one of them, to the rock, and he, he touches touch it. it. Yeah, that's so true. I don't think okay. that that would be the case, but who knows? You're going to read the novella, and you're going to let us know I'm how that learn. happens. Absolutely. So, um, let's get into a review. Do you want to read a tomato or a splat? I want to read a tomato, because I don't want to... All right, I'm going to read a splat, and I'm going to go ahead and start first, since you were (laughs) looking it up. No, I have it. I have it. I still want to go first anyway. Okay. Okay. Um, Mine is from Luke Whiston from (laughs) theshiznet.co.uk. Amazing. Um, I keep wanting... I want to thank Luke Wilson, like, but it's Mm. Luke Whiston. It's probably him writing under a, under a pen name. A pen name, yeah. Um, and this splat says, It all sounds intriguingly mysterious, but in play it's a frustratingly wrought sequence of vague weirdness that seems to be weird for the sake of it until finally it has to somehow end. Wow, that kind of sounds like this fucking show. 100%. 100%. Jesus, I feel red. Um, I... I can see that perspective. I mean, but I maybe don't... if you're a fucking lame-o. Yeah. If you're I... just lame and you hate fun. Yeah, it's true. It was a really good film. It was fun. And I just think that... I mean, I don't disagree with him, but I still had a great time. I mean, time. it was weird. It and... was weird for the sake of weirdness, but, like, is that not all of horror? Yeah. Though? And I don't... But I don't think that it just felt like it... Like he said, until finally it had to, it has to somehow end. Like, I think that there was a clear story. Like, I felt like they had a direction and, you know, there was, you know, a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. Um, Well, I think our boy Travis, once he like knew that his, his homegirl had like delivered and then eaten her child and then died. Like, I think he knew he was pretty much done. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he he's not going to, you're not going to go back into the world after that. Like, I'm a, I'm a proponent of rehabilitation. And yeah. I believe that we could have made it work for you, Travis. Yeah. But, like, I think that that was a very clear path. Yeah. That, you know, and it wasn't, like, by chance. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right, I'll read a tomato from somebody more fun. <laughs> Uh, this is from Mike Reyes of Cinema Blend. 
It's the perfect time of year to find something new and scary on your doorstep, and In the Tall Grass is just the movie you should let enfold you, if only for a little while, in terror as far as the eye can see. That was good. Yeah, he's I like good. that like review. Him. As like far him. as the eye can see kind of harkens back to the vastness of our setting here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. What was that? Uh, he That was October 24th. So yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect little like. That's fall what he meant by it's the time of the film. But yeah, I um. So there, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, there's more splats than there are tomatoes, which shocked yeah, me. Yeah, it has a um, thirty six percent on the tomato meter. I mean, nobody's which, fine I mean, on tomatoes. Fucking fuck tomato meter, like honestly. I mean, do we ever agree with tomato meter? Rarely, we rarely ever do Almost agree never. with the tomato meter. But I. Yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, so should we give it our ratings? Because who gives a fuck about the tomatoes? Yeah, we should. We should give it your ratings. Um, I am a thousand percent. Wait, wait, I have to ask you. Oh, okay. That's how this show works. I forgot how it works. Okay. Thank you. So, Kenny, what's it going to be? Chill (laughs) or kill? I am going to chill with this film yeah. a thousand percent. And I actually um, will probably go back and rewatch it. I really have this uncomfortable urge to like rewatch it again, like right now. And I'm <laughs> and I'm upset because yeah. I kind of haven't really stopped thinking about it. And I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. Yeah, I, I want to go back and rewatch it. I think it's definitely a film that has a ton of rewatchability. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there are so many different avenues of thought that you can uh, that you can sort of think about when you're mm. watching it. You know, you can... Because, like, watching it the first time, um, mm. I have a certain perspective. Now, after I've had time to sit with it and think about it, watching it again, I might... You know, see something else. Or what get if a we different rewatch it and it's just it. absolutely fucking terrible? Or if it's like something different? <laughs> yeah. What if it's just like switched itself? It's like a totally it does different in the movie. Film? It's oh, a totally shit. different film. Nah. Mm-mm. Nah, bro. Maybe we won't rewatch it. Maybe we'll Mm-mm. just forget but it ever happened. Chill. I think this film um, really captured my attention. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a film that I would recommend just to to just play in the background no, or you even have to, to watch. like get up and do things like this yeah. is definitely a film that you really kind of need to sit down with the intent to like watch a film right otherwise you get to people eating their babies and you're just like what, what? happened <laughs> where did we go like it goes really fast from like we're just staring at all this grass yeah. to that <laughs> yeah so um i'm gonna chill with it as wait well. d- uh, i'm so sorry did you th- that is not how this show works madam <laughs> Well, I that is I not how this show works. Okay. Excuse me. Just wait for you to ask me. I guess. Listen, while I it need just drags to on. I need to know. <laughs> are you gonna chill with this film? Or are you gonna kill it? I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna chill with it. <laughs> I'm gonna kill your ass. <laughs> uh, I loved it. It was good. It was great. Um, even though there are, um. Even though there's like a couple plot twists that we kind of, I kind of feel, not plot twists, um, like plot holes that I feel like we just kind of left. At one point we see the dog, like Freddy when he is alive and not dead, obviously. Um, We see him like run behind like this like tumbleweed or something and then he pops out on the road and it's not really sure like 
do these portals exist all the time or did the grass just move him for some reason and why did the grass move him outside of it so there's there are some plot holes I'm not gonna lie it's not airtight but it's still a great time and I think as long as you're not going into it as long as you kind of go into it with an open mind um I think you'll have a good time but don't go into it with a mindset of like that you are going to go into it with like playful interest and an open mind instead of going in looking for like one cohesive storyline. Cause I don't think this film is about that. I think this film is about tossing different ideas at you and kind of letting you kind of muse on those. Yeah. Even after yeah. it's over, but I would absolutely rewatch it. Um, I really want to read the novella. Um, especially if the ending is totally different. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that would be very cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's a fun watch. It's, you know, it's quick. It moves fast. Doesn't drag. I didn't think it dragged. Um, and yeah. Totally. So I relate to it. It was kind of like the first time I went to a super Walmart (laughs) back in the early 2000s. That's what I felt like. Very much so. Like like calling out for my mom. (laughs) She just seems to keep it's kind of like uh, like Frozen Two, or have you seen Frozen Two? You no, haven't seen Frozen Two. I haven't. I'm ashamed to say that I have. Wow. Or there's that sound where she's like something's calling out to her to Elsa, and she's like it's like, ah, and she's like I can hear you, but I won't. <laughs> and it's been mean wow. to death with like the refrigerator calling out to you, and it's like I can hear you, but I won't. <laughs> what a what an off brand. Fucking reference for this show. I know it is. I know it is. My husband made me sit down and watch it, and I was like, "Huh." And also, it's like rampant on TikTok, which I'm like, "We're not even going to go there." But anyway, young people on TikTok selling your faces to China. That is perfectly fine. (laughs) Um, so speaking of selling things, uh, why don't you tell them about our Patreon? (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of selling things, why don't we sell our asses to you? Um, <laughs> um, check out our OnlyFans. No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, it wouldn't be an OnlyFans. It would probably just be an OnlyFans. <laughs> it's just one. Um, so, yeah, you can find us on Patreon. Wow, I'm a little rusty on this. You can find us on Patreon. Uh, we have, if you're, listen, listen, you're quarantined, you're not going anywhere, you have very little social interaction. Uh, outside of our Facebook group, which you can find by searching the Haunted Art Podcast on Facebook. Request to join. Neither Kenny, myself, or a member of our Murder Mod Squad will approve you. Um, You've listened to all the episodes. You've gone back. You've listened to all the episodes again. And you just need some of that new-new. You feel like you're trapped in the tall grass, repeating the same steps over and over again, listening Mm -hmm. to the same podcast episodes over and over again. You need something new. You got to go to patreon.com slash the haunted heart and check us out. We got a bunch of exclusive shit on there for you. We have bloopers. We have fucking phone wallpapers. We have fucking scary stories. We have spooky smut for you. We have new spooky smut for you coming out. We might have me reading this fucking in the tall grass novella for you if we don't get copyright. Yeah. (laughs) For that. Um, But yeah, check us out. There's a bunch of shit there. It starts at like a dollar a month, so it's not breaking the bank. Uh, Make sure that you're taking care of yourself and your family in these difficult economic times. 
But then if you want to get a little little bonus content for yourself, you certainly can do that. Mm-hmm. You certainly can do that. Just leave a little coin on the dresser and it'll be all good. Yeah. And you can also leave us a review on your favorite podcast app that allows you to leave reviews. We like to mention those on our regular episode. And if they're funny, we'll... Uh, we'll read them. We'll read them. We love we'll read them. Uh, you know, go ahead and rate us, uh, especially if you love all of this trash that we have delivered to you today. I feel like if we were more like Patrick Wilson's character, we would have a more convincing pitch for that and less awkwardness. Well, neither one of us are, are real estate agents, so no, I we just are can't. Not. I just can't do that. Wouldn't wouldn't do that. Um, but what we will do is. Leave your ass in the grass. And until next time, you know what you gotta do. Stay spooky.